Today on the show, I have Tyler Keen as a guest talking to me about board games and how he sees Christ through them and how they've been able to affect his life and his family. Uh, Tyler Keen is the executive director of Great Oaks Camp and has been serving in ministry there for over 15 years now. Tyler, thank you for being on the show. So kind of the, the question that we have for you is that as you've kind of grown in your in your board gaming, you're just kind of looking for uh, an idea of how you've seen God and God's truth in board gaming. Well, for me, I think um, one of the things as, as Christians we want to do is, is spend time with each other, to be around each other. To me, board gaming is a great avenue for that. I mean... Uh, for us, it replaced video games. Um, it replaces for my wife and I a lot of times just watching TV at night because we want to be in communication with each other, growing together, learning together. And so to me, uh, one of the ways that I really see God and board gaming would be it just, it's just about building community. And that's what God calls us to do. And so I really enjoy that. And of course, just like any other activity, there's a lot of life lessons. You can learn seeing my son. Uh, my youngest son has begun winning, and my oldest son doesn't like that. And so my <laughs> oldest son learning how to deal with failure. It's kind of a cool life lesson uh, that he gets to think through. And I think also one of the things I really noticed this year, specifically coaching basketball, is my oldest son. He is able to uh, – I'm able to teach him multiple different positions and expect him to – read the court and know with this combination of players on on the court, I need to adjust and be here. And I've noticed that only one other kid on the whole team can do that. And I really think it's because he doesn't sit around and play video games, but these board but by playing board games it makes you think outside of the box. It makes you have to read the board and make decisions. I think he's able to do that uh because of board games is kind of an advanced skill he's learned and I think all those things when we talk about growing in Christ, uh, all those life lessons, I think, help us grow in Christ and help us become better. So do you think in playing board games, and you kind of talked about uh, learning to deal with failure, um, do you guys kind of debrief after you played a board game? I mean, do you have conversations about how that went as a family? Yes, we do. We definitely uh, debrief, and sometimes they're a little more intense because there's this, this uh, game we play called Quacks of Quidlinburg, and you, you draw chips out of so a bag. That's, that's Quacks of Quidlinburg? Quacks of Quidlinburg, yes. Right. And it's it's this kind of, uh, it's like a pressure luck game, kind of like Blackjack, where it's like, hit me another time, hopefully I don't go over 21, right? But in this case, you're drawing chips out of a bag, trying not to go over a certain amount. And uh, my oldest son seems to have amazing, incredibly amazing luck. Like, he doesn't just win. He crushes the game. He doesn't just he, – his pot, like if you go over the, the term of the game, your pot explodes. His pot never explodes, and he's always the furthest. And so I keep calling him out for being the luckiest person on the face of the earth. And so uh, in that case, we've had conversation, uh, cool debriefing uh, opportunities to talk about cheating, um, <laughs> and, the, and, and it's not worth it for the desire to win. Um, I think the other one – we, we talk a lot about after uh, another game I, my whole family likes is ticket to ride. And my youngest son was getting really frustrated. He just couldn't win. 
well, I helped him understand after the game, like, listen, you have to be able to change your plan. So you have to be able to change the way you're going in a game and not just get mad if you get blocked. And so um, I think so sometimes in that, that was like a good debriefing. And sometimes with my son and cheating, it's like an intent, more intense, intense debriefing. But, you know, for us, we always we always talk about it. And we always we always talk about the games afterwards. And, and uh, because the goal for all of us is to have fun mainly but we also want to try to win and try to help the kids be competitive and so um, it's fun to talk about after the game so um, as you have kind of grown in your board gaming so you have what 50 board games now which I think to some people is not really that many but I think to most of us it's just it seems quite a few but it's also you've also gone through more than you actually have, have kept. Um, so where did you kind of start with your board game? Well, I started I started in college playing Settlers of Catan with my college friends and realized like this is so much better than we sit around and play video games like we used to play Madden tournaments. And this was just such a better use of time. And then uh, my girlfriend, who is now my wife at the time, played. And we would go home and then play over Christmas breaks with my with my family, and I just could see the uh, community building in it. And so from there, we played Settlers of Catan like more times than I can count because it was our only game for a really <laughs> long time. But then uh, I went to a, to a Christian camp, a conference event, and somebody introduced me to Ticket to Ride. And then open the world to me, knowing that wow, there's a whole bunch of cool games out there, and so, um, and it's been neat to see as my kids have gotten older now that they they can play games with me, uh, with my staff at Great Oaks. Uh, we play board games together, and so it's just been it's just been fun. And and uh, 50 games is a lot of games uh, to people who are really into the hobby. 50 games is a small number, but I tried to. Uh, but that's the limit for me. So I keep my games at 50, and if I want a new one, I sell one. So, um, and I do that because I don't want to be so consumer-driven, and I also don't want to um, have more games than I could possibly play. So, so as you kind of look at uh, gaming as your hobby, um, do you run into uh, kind of as you were talking about consumer-drivenness? Uh, do you run into the desire to just have more games regardless of uh, really whether you feel like you need it or not? Yes, like any hobby, you always want to try the newest and coolest thing. And so for me, uh, for me, just making sure that limit of 50 is pretty set because, you know, I can't play games but like twice a week. So when you factor that out, like I don't know how you could have more than 50 games. You wouldn't get them played within a year. And I also think... Uh, you know, to control that, just just staying off the internet. You know, just staying away from the ads and things because you don't you don't need to spend all your uh, so much money and time investment into that. You know, uh, I want it to be a hobby, not something that rules my life or takes over my finances. And so, I think setting limits and not um, and and then not uh, of course for me the other limit I have is I don't purchase more than two games in a year. So. Has that, uh, 
kind of self-limitation grown for you? Uh, have you had a progression in, in learning this contentment, or is that just something that you just kind of had? Uh, it's definitely a progression because once I played Ticket to Ride, then I got Dominion, and we just played these three games a zillion times. And then all of a sudden I realized how many more were out there and how many cool games. And, and you know, I just I just bought a lot pretty quickly because uh, I was just so into it. But then you realize, like, a lot of games are fairly similar. And you realize, like, like some games that are just okay, you're not going to play them when you have significantly better games on the shelf. And so for me, I've learned what type of games that, that I enjoy most and that my wife enjoys most and, of course, my children. And so... Those are the only types of games I consider, and one of the best resources for me in finding what games that I will want to purchase is my brother, because his church runs a board game night where they buy kind of the newest, newest games, and so I get a lot of information from him, um, and uh, for him, it's been a great ministry. It's really helped his church grow. Yeah, that's a that's definitely a neat ministry. So in talking about contentment. Uh, have you been able to kind of see this contentment growing through your hobby as your family collects these games uh, that you guys enjoy playing together? Have you been able to see that contentment kind of spill over into other parts of your life? I would say yes. I think you you always it's always hard it's always hard to be content. There's always things you want. I think just taking some practical steps can be very beneficial to you. Like. Uh, somewhat, I went golfing with somebody and they were like, try out my clubs, they're so much better than yours. And I was like, no, because I don't want to have the experience of swinging a better golf club because it's going <laughs> to make me want them. You know, so I just think in anything in life, you know, just being content with what we have. I live in a small camp house, all right? I mean, to some, I mean, it's not tiny. It has three bedrooms with two bathrooms, but it's not big. And the reality is, anything that goes in my house, something else has to go out. So, you know, you always got to think about how do I not waste waste money? How do I not uh, because I I like to have a clean house. I like things put away, and if you get too many things, you can't do that. And then I love the limits of a small house because you have to be content because you just really can't fit anything else. You know, but the same for me, I would say like I had limitations on trying to be content way before board games. Um, uh, so it's more of like I've applied things that I've already done to board gaming. Do you think in staying with the same board games, so kind of the idea that you don't really have uh, to learn a new game all the time, you don't really have to learn a, kind of a new skill set, essentially, uh, do you think that that allows you to be able to think more deeply about the games that you're playing, uh, to be able to come up with different plans to win? Uh, that you wouldn't if you were continuing to buy new Well, that's well, always a fine balance for me because it's really cool to play new games, but it's also really fun to get to the deeper, more in-depth strategies. And so uh, I enjoy both, but I think for me, I now lean towards more playing the same games more and more to get more into the depth strategies because A, it's a cheaper alternative, and B, um, it requires more critical thinking, so I think it challenges you and my children to, to grow because, you know, sometimes it's, it's always cool to see. Sometimes, you know, my daughter will be the one to figure out something new, um, and it's cool to see something I had never thought about, or sometimes it's, it's one of my sons, and it's neat to see 
this is kind of one of the cool moments in board gaming is when somebody does something that you never thought about doing. Like I remember one of my coolest moments was with Graham uh, when you when we were playing Dominion and you found this strategy that basically allowed you to get almost unlimited points. And you know it took the exact right combination of cards to be out, but that's like a really cool moment that I'll never forget. I mean, I got crushed in that <laughs> game, but. But uh, when you see something like that, that's really cool. And, and you don't get that if you just play new games all the time. And so kind of uh, because our, our goal here is always to take kind of the mundane back to our faith and, and seeing what really excites our heart uh, and what God has given us to, to be excited about and to learn more deeply. And then re reevaluating that in a kind of a spiritual light. And so kind of with the same ideas, we really only have one Bible. I mean, we have 66 books in it, and so there's almost no end to, to reading it. But do you think uh, that kind of just going back and playing the same games and learning to think more deeply and learning to think differently, uh, has that affected your ability to to reread Scripture and, and see new things in that, do you think? Yeah, I mean, I could say that, but I, I would say it's a skill like when you read, I've always enjoyed like when you reread scripture, how you can see it in a completely different way. And uh, board games are similar when you play them over and over again. All of a sudden, you can, in a good game, you can see a new strategy, a new avenue that you you never thought about. And um, I think I would say that you're right in that. Like uh, the Bible and board games in that way can be similar. You can definitely uh, see a new verse in a brand new way and really make an impact on your life and board games. Uh, sometimes be, to be really good at them is to see them in a new way. But I'm typically not very good at them. So, <laughs> uh, Also, in, so in, in our world today, there's very much this idea, especially here in America, that kind of if, if you have an enemy or an opponent, you can't really see them as kind of a person. I mean, it's it just this kind of idea going around that if they don't believe everything that you believe or they don't see everything this, the same way that you do, uh, that you just can't, you can't really, really be on the same page with them at all. Do you see your kids being able to think outside of that way through board gaming? Yes, I think I think um, they have also learned like you have to just have fun when you play board games. It can't be about having enemies or being spiteful, uh, right? Because uh, they learned those lessons. Like the first, I remember uh, my son, we were playing Ticket to Ride, and he built this kind of long route, and my daughter just cut him off. And then he's like, I want to be spiteful now and cut her off. And so he's playing trains that he really doesn't need to play, just doing it to make her mad. Well, of course, that's a losing strat- <laughs> strategy in games. So I think that's a cool life lesson to think about. You know what I mean? You can't, you can't be spiteful. You can't. You've got to learn to get along, even if you, even if uh, you're not happy with someone at the table with you. Uh, but in general, you know, uh, my family, we we are all pretty competitive people, and so we can definitely, uh, definitely compete when we play board games. But at the same time, you know, when you're playing board games, you got to know that uh, most. I mean, Graham wins most of the time when he plays. Like I, my wife, we were playing Azul last night, and she said. Never invite Graham over. I never want to play this game with him because he will destroy us, right? Uh, but none of the rest of us uh, are like <laughs> are like that. So we we all have to get used to losing when we play board games. 
And so kind of, I mean, as you, you, you opened uh, with the idea of community and that you feel like playing board games more has um, affected the community and your family, that you feel like you guys are able to be closer and spending more time together interacting. And we kind of see that in, in Christ uh, and his call for us to be community in our church or just even as a church. And so how do you think your kids uh, have been able to benefit? Have you been able to see uh, benefits in their lives? Yeah, I mean, I think for the kids, um, one of the things I really appreciate about my kids is, yes, they argue, um, and yes, they get in disagreement, but they truly are very close to each other. Um, they truly are best friends. My wife and I are the type of parents who enjoy spending time with our children. We're not trying to put them to get from the bed as fast as possible. We really enjoy spending time with our children. And the one thing that all five of us like to do is, is play board games. And so it's really beneficial to us to building the community in our house. I think pre-kids, we, we played with a lot with our staff at, at Great Oaks. Um, and I thought that was very beneficial to us building community. But now with, with kid, with the kids, uh, I think, I think, uh, for us, it just gets to be an age when your kids hit a certain age where you kind of shift. And for us, most of our time playing games is not, not with them uh, because, A, they can stay up late enough. And, B, we just view these next several years as some of the most, very informed years where we can really make an impact and help them see the world differently and, and encourage them. So uh, most of our gaming now is with them. And, uh, but it is great at building community, and I think it is. A part, uh, one of the reasons why our family is as close as we are and why we actually enjoy being together and enjoy being at home for that matter. So as you, uh, and at the time, your girlfriend uh, kind of started playing games, and you guys have been on this road of playing games for a long time now, do you feel like uh, that's really impacted, I guess, really your marriage, your, your entire relationship? Has that been able to bring you closer than than you would without it? Yeah, and you know, it's something I didn't really think about until uh, my church kind of tricked me into leading a marriage Bible study, and it just a made me really appreciate my wife and our marriage because I realized, like, wow, we really have a good, you know. And and I think the biggest complaint that I would hear is they didn't have any. Is the couples other couples didn't have anything in common. You know, and, and it's like he plays video games and she doesn't. And she just wants to watch these TVs and he just wants to work in a garage. And so there's just and, and it's, it's just a common complaint. And as as I've gotten older and I know more and more couples and they, they share things like that, it's a very common complaint. And so for us, one of the things we, we have done that I think has been very, very beneficial to us, uh, board game, board gaming has been very beneficial because it's a common hobby. You know, I don't play video games. Uh, she she doesn't want to watch a bunch of TV, and so we we play board games. Uh, we play board games. We read and do things like that. And I think those things are much better about building community. Where if you're you're if she's watching TV shows and he's playing video games, the family is is separating. But board games, you all come together at the table, and I think that is uh, very beneficial to my marriage. And I don't know. I think every couple needs to find some hobby that they enjoy 
and do that together. You can't just have individual individual hobbies. Uh, you got to figure out how to become best friends at marriage. I mean, clearly you both enjoy playing board games, but do you think that's a natural thing, or both of you had to kind of sacrifice a little bit of what you would naturally want to be doing in order to spend time together playing board games? It's not natural. I'd say it was probably wasn't so natural because, you know, like our first game of Settlers of Catan, which if you've ever played it, it's no fun without more than three, without at least three players, right? So um, it wasn't natural. Uh, when I came into my marriage, I really enjoyed playing video games, you know, and she really enjoyed watching the Lifetime, <laughs> Lifetime <laughs> television shows, movies, whatever's on there, and those are things that were we just wouldn't do together. And she would often say to me, "Hey, Tyler, you watch." You're always watching sports. You're always playing video games. Uh, when you get to spend time with me, and I would get that a lot. And then I think uh, board game. I think you know, for me, uh, she needs to sacrifice the lifetime shows because nobody, nobody should be watching those anyways. <laughs> and uh, I needed to sacrifice video games because they're just, they just weren't. We just, they just, they weren't bad. And and I and I or anything like that. But I think. Uh, we needed a hobby together, and it, I'm really grateful we kind of stumbled into board games, and both of us enjoy them, and we both do have to sacrifice because we both like the games the other one likes, for example, mm -hmm. but my wife loves more puzzle games, which I like, but I'm just kind of, but I'm not very good at them, <laughs> and um, they're just okay to me, and so, but I will play those for her because those are her favorite style of games, because she will play, um, you know, I kind of like these engine building worker placement games most. And she will play those games. They're not her favorite games. She still likes them, but they're not her favorite games. She will play those for me because, you know, for us, beyond board gaming, it's about spending time together. Uh, and that's what we enjoy about it. Well, uh, thank you for being on the show. So before you go, I've got a couple more questions to ask you. One, if, if there were three board games that you think kind of beginners to board games should try that you think are good community building board games uh, what would those be the best board game for beginners is ticket to ride and it's still one that i really like uh, if you you know you just start with the basic usa version and you can get get different map packs so it's still great when you even when you advance past wanting to play just simple games uh, it's still one of my favorite favorite games um, I think I recently played Azul for the first time, and I would say that is a very simple game to start with. And I would say one that's a little more complex but still a lot of fun would be a game called Everdell. I think it's also a, a little more complex but still very simple and just and very, very interesting and helps you see maybe the bigger picture of gaming. And the last question that we have here on the show is, do you have a family recipe or like something that your family loves to eat together that you would like to share with us? I think my family just, we really enjoy pizza. We enjoy it because we like to eat it, but we also enjoy making it together. The kids have fun making pizza with us. And so we don't, we don't go out to pizza very often. Um, in terms of recipe, like I can't, I'm, I'm old and forgetful, so I have it written down. But I will say our one trick is a lot of people use baking stones. Forget those, man. Cast iron pans are the way to go. <laughs> do, you have, do you have to butter your cast iron pan before you put it in there, or is it just lay your crust in there and throw your toppings on? Put a little oil in the bottom, 
and then drop your crust right on there. And, and don't buy a store-bought crust, and you got to make, make your crust homemade. All right. Well, thank you, Tyler, for coming and talking to us today.